0: You're listening to Hitting the Mark. My name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verblen, and the star of our show, Jeffrey Mark. I can imagine where it came from with the Carol Burnett thing, because (laughs) I heard stories about Danny Kaye doing Two by Two. I heard he was a real stage whore. I mean, songs are being cut from the show or given to him that were not originally written to him, because he thought it was too good a song and he wanted it. And these are the folks that did the two by two Zoom. So if this is who Harvey was working with for all these years, I imagine he was probably fed up before he walked in Carol's door. Danny was difficult on lots of levels. He was indeed a talented man, but he did not have a large range. His movies were good in the very beginning. And there were a couple in the later fifties that he's actually acting that weren't bad. But the truth be told, by the time the Danny Kaye show debuted on CBS in 1963, Danny's career was on a downward slide. That's why he took a television show. There were no more movies for him. And uh, Working Las Vegas wasn't really his cup of tea. Danny had a very problematic personal life because he was bisexual and all the stories that go along with that uh, rumor has it allegedly his 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 uh, love interest was believe it or not Lawrence Olivier and there's a wonderful story about Danny meeting Lawrence in customs dressed as a customs agent and pulling him into a room to strip search him and then takes off the beard is oh it's me ha 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 but uh Danny's big deal, how he got it, was doing the special with Lucille Ball that was brilliant on a rival network. And that got Danny the contract on CBS. I've always felt that Danny Kay was a special talent that had he been on television once a month as opposed to once a week. I always felt that uh, when they brought out the Danny Kaye show, the Judy Garland show, they should have alternated every other week. Uh Every week was too much of both. And I think every week was a little too hard on them physically. But had they had a chance to be on one week, rest one week, it might have been for better television. But but Harvey was right there. Harvey was right in there pitching, as was Joyce Van Patten, who was the other regular on Danny's show. And uh, when they got together to figure out Carol's show, Carol's show, in its inception anyway, was a shuffling of the gary moore show where she had come from so she got gary's orchestra conductor she got gary's dancers she got some of gary's writers and the danny k show people who are now out of work costumers wigs harvey corman writers who are on the west coast so it was those two shows kind of forged together. And eventually the Carol Burnett show found its own voice, its own style. And Harvey was an integral part of that. Uh, it, it amazes people if you think about it. Just like Lucille Ball, I've said this to you before. Carol and company got a script. Let's assume they worked a Monday through Friday schedule. I don't think they did. But let's for ease of conversation. You know, they got a script on Monday for an hour-long show, which in those days meant 50 minutes, five zero minutes of program. There were sketches, there were introductions, there were guest musical numbers, and then usually a huge musical finale at the end of the show. All of that had to be read, refined, rehearsed, blocked for cameras. Costumes had to be fitted. Rehearsals with the orchestra, the orchestrations had to be made, first by Harry Zimmerman and then by Peter Matz. And by Friday, it had to be ready to go. So the work was intense, more intense, perhaps, for people who were not Carol Burnett, because Carol had a driver and Carol's husband was the producer. Carol was being protected. Everybody else had to drive themselves to the studio, had to learn all of this stuff on their own. Every week was Harvey and Vicky and Lyle and at least one guest star, sometimes two early on, sometimes even three. It's an awful lot of work. Lucille Ball was doing it for a half hour show. Carol was doing it for an hour show. Double the work. They worked very, 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 very hard and it was it was difficult to keep up the quality i think the other thing harvey began to chaff against was tim and the repetition of characters people think that tim conway was always a regular on the show that's not true Tim, tim was somebody carol enjoyed she he made her laugh and she liked his silliness so Through the years, Tim was on the show, oh, every three weeks, every four weeks, every five weeks, he'd be on seven, eight, nine times a season. But it wasn't until the last couple of seasons that that Tim became a regular on the show. Problem was, there had been many characters created over the first two or three, four years of the show for Carol. Enough so that each character was not on every week. They had enough characters that if they did just one or two recurring characters each week, you wouldn't see that same character for three or four weeks. By the mid-70s, Tim was appearing more and more often. Harvey was doing more and more films away from the Carol Burnett show. And they kept repeating the same characters over and over and over again. Tim was on more often, Uh, Mrs. Wiggins and Mr. Tudball became a weekly thing. And in my opinion, it's terrible. It was good once, it was repeated over and over again. The same, it's the same sketch. And then the family sketch with, with Carol playing Eunice. The family sketches were brilliant, but they were on every week. Sometimes they missed the mark and all the rest of the characters had been dropped. So there was less for Harvey to do. Uh, Tim was getting more and more attention. Harvey was getting offers from people like Mel Brooks to make movies. Uh, He felt the writing was getting stale and they were repeating themselves too much. Harvey was pushing for new characters, characters created for him to do. Like, hey, let me do a sketch where I'm the center focus. There's nothing wrong with that. It's still Carol's show. Didn't happen. I think that's one of the reasons why Carol's show ended when it did. Harvey wasn't there and they finally figured out that without Harvey there, the show wasn't as good. Dick Van Dyke replaced Harvey. I don't know if people remember that. They brought Dick in to be Carol's second, bless Dick's heart, that he was able to, to, to keep his ego in check to be Carol's second banana on her show. It just, it just didn't work out. And then Tim came along, but Tim was not Harvey. Tim could only do Tim shtick. He couldn't really create characters that were believable. Harvey could. So do you hear, hear why there are so many conflicting opinions and hurt feelings and bruised egos? When you're working that hard, In the beginning, 39 weeks a year, eventually 30 weeks a year. With that kind of tension and that kind of pressure, no matter how much they're paying you, the tension is there. Money doesn't take away tension, trust me. you got to deal with it. And I think he'd had enough of mediocre writing, being pushed aside, spotlight being given to Tim, and he had this burgeoning career as a film actor. The career never really panned out, but he made some great films in the 70s and uh, he turned to directing. And Harvey was a good director. Did Harvey like to write a lot or not? Harvey likes to create. Harvey liked a lot of comedy actors. I was gonna call him a clown, but that's, that, that would be denigrating his real talent. Harvey was, I think like Lucille Ball, not a clown but a brilliant comedy actor, which is why he could play so many different kinds of parts and create so many different kinds of characters that were believable. I don't know that Harvey sat down and wrote things. He was not in and of himself a writer, but he was somebody who could take somebody else's writing, rehearse with it, massage it, stretch it, pull it, and turn it into something better. I think that's why Lucille Ball had such fondness for Harvey as a performer, because she saw that in him. And it reminded her of herself. Not that long ago, I had a conversation with Carol Burnett about comedy. And I was saying to her an opinion that, that most people agree with. There are some comedy people, whether they're stand-up comedy or they're comedy actors, who say funny things. And there are some people who say things funny, And Carol said to me, Jeff, I wanna be the one who says things funny. Harvey could do both. Harvey could say very witty things and be funny with it, or he could say something in a funny way that could make it just as funny. So I I give him enormous credit for his talent. Harvey was not a strapping, handsome stud-like actor. But in sketches where he played one, for that moment, you believed that if he took off his clothes, you'd be very pleased with him, Because he believed it. He was able to project that out of the screen at the audience. And if he played a nerd, you believed that. And when he played the the, the big, fat Jewish lady with the gigantic breasts who spoke with a Yiddish accent, you believed that too. Crystal thinks that's the funniest thing his father ever did. Was, was playing that, that ridiculously, uh, it, was, it was a playoff actually on Molly Goldberg from the old Goldbergs, the yeah. original Goldbergs sitcom of the late 40s and 50s. Just this enormously buxom woman who's just interfering in everybody else's lives. And uh, Mother Marcus, I believe was the character's name. Often appearing in sketches with Carol uh, uh, when they did their satire of soap operas as the stomach turns. Why? It's Mother Marcus. And and the door would open, there's Harvey, you know, six foot something of this this gigantic woman. And with the heels and the wig on, he's like six foot five now. And and he didn't have to say anything for the audience to be hysterical. And then when he did speak in a Yiddish accent, he said things funny. There's a point where Harvey is saying things funny. But there are other times when the script gave him wonderful punchlines And he read them straight, and he got his laughs. He was fun at a dinner. Uh, When he was in a good mood, and I have to emphasize that, if he was in a good mood, Harvey told funny stories. Uh, Sometimes deriding people he worked with, but always funny, always with the intent to amuse. When he was not in a good mood, uh, either he was quiet or the stories weren't so funny then they were a little more of the whiny woe is me kind and you sit there and and as you said earlier in our talk today how could he not have been grateful for all that he had for all the money he was making for all uh, first of all keep in mind he was supporting two families so that money you have children and two wives and tick 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 money goes away pretty quickly You're listening to Hitting the Mark. I'm the Mark, Jeffrey Mark. And this time we're talking about my friend, Harvey Korman.